right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black face. Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your host, Stephen Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, October 24th, 2021. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Gulls, along with, well, there he is. There he hey, is. Steve, Mr. What's Chris Bennett. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I- I didn't have my intro music on cue. My bad. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, of course, we're welcoming back to the show Mr. Mike Ann from Big Tactical Mike. Bigfoot Research. Hello, Mike. Hi, kids. How are you my, all doing tonight? Hi, compadre. Uh, so let's do the roll call, and it's quite the roll call. We got OT, who was first in the house. OT. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Low Rider was actually oh. first in the house three Low hours Rider. ago. Okay. I don't know if he's in yeah. there now. And we got... Uh, <laughs> B, of course, B is, is popped in there. OT, yeah. Uh, Mike, Mike from Texas Bigfoot Rangers, he's out there and he's Mike, up, y'all. Texas Mike, yeah. Texas Mike. And uh, let's see who else we got. Bigfoot Okanagan, hey, hello, Leon. Leon. I don't know if you're still here, but of course, our good friends Brian and Chewy go hiking. Brian. Check his channel out. Bob Lemley, he's got his coffee ready to go. Hello, Bob. Bob, 
And we got uh, who else? We got rolling, rolling, rolling. Jay Fritz. Hello, Jay. Good evening. Hi, Jay. Good to see you, brother. I'll see Aaron. Uh, let's see. Keith Worley. Keith, good to see you, Hi, my Keith. friend. Rod Dupree is in the house as well. Uh, JC, uh, rather JD Sedona. Welcome, welcome. Amon Chris, Lester Taylor. He's been becoming another regular Lester. in the house. Welcome, Lester. Good to see you. And uh, uh, Bo Sox, 31. 13 and i know who that is Both because socks. because he gave me it's in hey it's enrico palazzo <laughs> i know who that is too <laughs> all i can say to that is you know when i when i see i see uh a five weirdos in the park stabbing a man in the back wearing togas in full view of a hundred people i shoot the bastards that's my policy <laughs> <laughs> So he'll, he'll get the reference to that one. And uh, oh, I don't know if you goodness. all get the reference to that one either. <laughs> Frank, that was a Shakespeare in the Park production of Julius Caesar. You shot five good actors. <laughs> good ones. <laughs> oh, terrible. Uh, yes. So, and, and, and as far as Mr. Bosox 3113. So I hope he's bowing back. And uh, <laughs> off we go with the show tonight. And boy... Oh, Bigfoot New York Todd, uh, new in the house. Hello, welcome, welcome. Good to see you. So, uh, so, so is man, that Todd? We're, yeah, we're getting to see some new faces, and we love that. Welcome, Todd. <clears throat> so we're going to have a little fun tonight as well as talking about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, good God, today's show just kind of went, just flowered. And uh, Doug Hycheck couldn't make it tonight, but he did forward uh a statement to me and some uh, some pictures which are very interesting and uh of course we got mike on tonight and we're gonna be talking not only about uh uv inherent the, the uv light analysis he's been working on and bigfoot potential bigfoot hair um we're also gonna uh, revisit our in the field episode too for a couple of videos as well because mike uh pulled the audio today sent it to me i got it enhanced one part the best i could because we were kind of talking when that tree knock came in. And then, you know, when the rock got thrown at us, we were having a little bit of a, uh, we were having a little bit of a signal distortion where we were. So that's good to know for next week's episode, by the way. Um, because next week, uh, weather permitting, and I think uh, we're going to be okay. We're going back for our Halloween awesome. expedition. <laughs> Chris is going to be, in the nice warmth of his home, I'm going to yeah. be out there. Uh, you know, we're going to have uh, Michelle and Sherry back. We're going to have Scott and and Tim with us. Uh, both very experienced hunters. Uh, I don't know if Mike's going to make it, but but we're I've also. Got a, go I've got a conference the next morning, so I don't know. But I know Joe mentioned about coming up from yep. from out my way. So uh... so so we'll we'll see how that's all gonna happen well i'm glad that because i remember you know i was like i wasn't on the show last time but i was watching you get uh with you guys in spirit on on youtube from the oh yes the, yes uh, yes uh, yeah that's, uh, that's uh todd from uh whitehall yes absolutely yeah. he was okay. he was up with us at uh carver's as well good to see you brother good to, glad you could pop in and I, I couldn't get the audio from the, the, the live stream when y'all were doing it. So we got that tonight. So Yeah. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is when we did that, that field stuff, nobody could really hear other than because the, you know, the, 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 the mics 
uh, on the tele on the phones are just very limited. They're noise right. canceling. Yes. So a lot of the stuff that was going in, in the background. Now, I didn't really have time. There was a lot of owls on that thing. It was really cool. We got a heron as well when we went down by the swamp. There was a heron call. Um, and, and that, that was really cool, but there was two pieces that, you know, in my head, I knew what we heard. I knew that tree knock was loud. Right. Um, I, and it was like, wow. And then later on the rock and the rock, <laughs> oh. Mike, you heard the, you heard the audio. It sounds like a, 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 an avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're, you know, and we didn't know we were, you know, our signal wasn't getting through as well. It was like, Hey, you guys. And then all of a sudden it kicked through, you know, it was really funny because, um, you know, talk about high strangeness. Uh, here we are in that area and the, you know, we all of a sudden we lose signal when we don't normally lose signal. I know Mike's microphones, uh, went for cocktail after that. Yeah. You know, well, well I, mean, I, I had two different. Um, recorders going one um, it's it's done it was working great it no longer works and then uh, I run two microphones on the back of my backpack plugged into my uh, my recorder and uh, they're done after that trip I must have zipped them into something but well, uh, that's what it gave uh, gives us the ability to have that sound because I was live listening so I run in a set of earbuds in and then live listening what's going on behind me and, and it's kind of funny, you, and, and this is, is it coincidence that uh, when uh, we're, we're sitting there and, and you say, hey, there is something to your left, I got a hot spot. Yep. And as that's, as that's going uh, out, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're like, you can hear you going, you know, I can hear you whispering and then. You, you know, right before a whisper, you hear pop, that that, and it was a to us it was very loud. Yeah. Was it not, Mike? Yeah, definitely. You know, and and for me, my hearing's going. I've I've spent one too many years as a recovery diver and around too many guns going off and other stuff, and uh, so I have to live listen sometimes so I can yep. hear what's going on um, without breaking down and not old enough for hearing aids yet but i think they're almost there so it kind of helps out a little bit uh running that that kind of setup so yeah and and you know the the interesting thing was is that we weren't tree knocking at all no we weren't we were we're just walking down the road we were just walking we weren't even calling at that we didn't do any calls we didn't do any tree knocks there was nobody out there except the only person we could detect was probably you know a few hundred yards out across the swamp so at that point we're talking that person is maybe a mile away that's shoot firing the weapon or discharging right. the weapon. <coughs> so, well, you uh, think, uh, is it just coincidence or may possibly Murphy's law that whenever you start to get some uh activity, that the electronics seem to start going squirrely? Isn't that kind of weird? Have, I have no idea. Uh, have... The night Scott and I were down in that area, Steve, where when we heard that vocalizations, yep. whether whatever it was. I mean, he had new batteries and everything, and it's like, you know, his batteries, all of a sudden, they're dead. You know, <laughs> no, yeah. no recording, nothing. You know, here's an interesting question to pose on that. Does infrasound have effect on electronics? Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, it could. Yeah, it could. I, I don't know. But uh, that, that made it very, very interesting. So, anyway, let's... Um, Let's let's play the tree knock audio. And what we're going to do is we're going to show 
And hello to Christy is in the house now. Hi, Christy. Christy. So, um, so uh, what we're going to do is this video, uh, the, the first portion has, and it's, it's labeled, it'll have the original show audio. We don't really hear anything. And then we have Mike's audio uh, configured to the best we can. There is a delay sometimes when there is, um, you know, that audio, like, like there is a, a delay, like there's a delay on YouTube. There's a delay. Uh, even when I talk to you guys, there's a slight delay and that kind of plays into the audio lining up, but it lines up for the most part. And, uh, here we go. Uh, Mike, I hope oh, Mike is muted and off. So I don't know if he's here. Oh, there he is. No, he's I'm here. Off. Sorry. Okay. So here we go. Let's, let's hit this one. This is the tree knock. Where? To the left. Uh, directly in front of you. Yep, move in, move in. Where'd it go? Oh, no. What? Knock. Oh, my Lord. You guys hear that? That was a tree knock. Hot spot. Where? To the left. Uh, directly in front of you. Yep, move in, move in. Where'd it go? Oh, no. What? Oh my lord, you guys hear that? That was a tree knock. Hot spot. Where? To the left, uh, directly in front of you. Yep, move in, move in. Where'd it go? Oh no. What? Knock. Oh my lord, you guys hear that? That was a tree knock. So I don't know if you guys caught that in. Uh in the chat uh let me know if you guys heard that especially on the uh on the amplified one it's like you hear mike go oh no and then pop and yep. then he means like pop. and then i'm like oh you hear that tree knock yeah tree knock or a pop whatever it would it was it sounded very hollow it wasn't a tree breaking or anything like that it wasn't a snap it was a clear you know pop so it's very very uh very interesting uh, to say the least so there was something out there i i believe there was something out there i mean between now i'm starting to get very concerned when i went out there i heard something circling around me i wasn't gonna say it was a bigfoot um it could have been a predator but it was trying to flank me actually which kind of made me back up so as i'm moving forward by myself something's moving back so i move back mike joins me and we go down Mike gets something on, on the flare. He sees like a hot spot, nothing definitive, and it's gone as quick as he sees it. And then several seconds later, we hear a tree knock, which is pretty, pretty amazing. We continue to go on. We go past where that print is. We go over to the swamp, and then the rock throw incident happens. Right. And it sounds like an avalanche, but we're standing perfectly still. What's going on in chat, ladies? Oh, that was definitely a rock. We just have a rock thrown at us. What's going on in chat, ladies? Okay. <laughs> that was definitely a rock. We just have a rock thrown at us. And you can hear that clear. That that noise yeah. you hear back. Yeah. That's all the rock. We'll play it one more time because it's a quick kind of a quick uh video what's going on in chat ladies oh, that was somebody, definitely a rock 
We just have a rock thrown at us. What's going on in chat, ladies? Okay. <laughs> that was definitely a rock. <laughs> we just have a rock thrown at us. And that is without any amplification, too. That that was a rock coming down through the branches and then hitting uh, the, the rocks on the ground in, uh, behind, just behind us. So, uh, Mike, what were your thoughts on it? What was going through your mind when that happened? It's another day in the woods with you. Something's always getting thrown at me for some reason. <laughs> Not the first time, and I'm sure it won't be the last time somebody no. throws something at me when no, we're out. We, we've had that rock throwing happen to us before. So... Uh, that was that was really cool, um, and uh, it, it just yeah. And and yeah. you know, I wish you know, I don't know if the broadcast quality, uh, how the broadcast quality is, but when you're putting it into like WavePad and you're listening to it on the, with the cans on, my God, you're like, oh. So I'm gonna start parsing that. We got some great other sounds. Uh, we got some great barred owl sounds there. I think we got some coyote towards the end, I believe. Yeah. If we saw the recorder, we're still going. There were some yotes that was to the uh, west side of us. This was all going on uh, as we were going in the mountain. We were actually heading easterly uh, in the direction. And uh, so pre pretty cool. I can't wait to go back again. We're going back next week. So who knows what's going to happen. Next It'll week. be so, interesting if, you know, if that big bird's back in there. Because, you know, it, being up in New York and, and hearing that pop on that, that pond, I mean, it was kind of like, I know I've heard this sound before. I know it's a bird, but it was like, yeah. what bird is it? You know, was it a sandhill? Was it a, you know, great blue heron or something like that? But, you know, you're not expecting that at 11 o'clock at night. You know, <laughs> it's more of a day or early morning kind of thing. And it was yeah. just like, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> you know. But thank goodness for a bird net. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, 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 that that's a wonderful being able to go in and having that Macaulay Library and, and having them down the, you know, right down the street, actually in between the two of us, really. Um, and they've got to, we got to get over that wildlife area that they got over there because they actually record um, right down near Ithaca. So right. uh, they're getting yeah. a lot of that stuff native right here. Yep. So, yep. so before we start tonight's topic, the final topic I'd like to talk to is about Porcupine Gate. <clears throat> and in case anybody doesn't know about Porcupine Gate, uh, longtime researcher Chris Noel, who tends to kind of be on the side of things, uh, had this video of what appears to be something he claims to be a Bigfoot climbing a tree. And uh, I don't know. Close look is he's not very far from the tree. He's got a he's got a night vision scope on it and he can't tell what it is. Well, let's take a look at the bogus Bigfoot roundup for the week. Here it is. Yes, this video is brought to you by that guy, well, that guy from Vermont, who liked to think a few years back that Rick Dyer actually shot a Bigfoot. Also happens to be pals with Mr. I'm going to shoot Bigfoot from behind, Mr. Scott Carpenter, and a very staunch Melba Ketchum believer and woo baiter, Mr. Chris Noel. And in this video, he says a Sasquatch is climbing up a tree. Well, obviously, as we look at it, does it kind of look like he's close to the tree? Maybe. But what it is, it's really a porcupine. And I don't know how we can miss this or misident this. This is the kind of guy that walks in the woods and thinks everything is a Sasquatch. 
He should go out squatching with Todd Stanley. They can make tremendous work. And by the way, this guy is so arrogant, he likes to think he's one of the premier investigators in the Northeast. Well, if this is his critical thinking and strong rationalizations, well, I guess his college degrees really didn't work too well, did they? Well, anyway, this is the same cat who also asked me to lie about an evaluation I did, or by by uh, putting out some information that had already been out there on the web, and he blames me. So what does he do? He asked me to lie. Yep. What a character. Anyway, that's this week's bogus Bigfoot Roundup. And, of course, that is so easily seen as a porcupine. Yep. So, and by the way, he, uh, that, that first note was, was sent to our friend Bigfoot Okanagan, who tried to say, you know, Hey, listen, this is a, a, um, a porcupine. He went into a very long discussion and, you know, he would, he was typing up really fast. I, I don't know if it was on a chat or whatever, but that was Chris's little try to, Oh, your apostrophes and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, this is for my good buddy, Leon out there bigfoot okanagan chris here's your apostrophe right here the missing apostrophe right there buddy and that's that's for picking on my friend bigfoot okanagan you know and trying to think you're so great i love the 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 note he had sent me um uh about uh, you know Oh, wherever, you know, it would be really a shame if we didn't, you know, uh, work together as we are very, you know, as, you know, we are very important researchers in the Northeast. Well, I'm glad to think he thinks he's so important. Um, I don't. And Mike, you have something you want to share, and that's going to be this porcupine video if you want to hit play on it. And I lost a sound. Mike, you're muted. Sorry, the dogs were barking. I uh, followed I followed this little guy for a little bit. Yep. So you can actually see it is a porcupine going up a tree. Oh, they do. They climb trees and they yeah. climb trees. They have yep. little feet. There's the little tail that you see in the video. Yep. You know? Yep. So and and guess what? A, a porcupine is a nocturnal animal, and there it is in the daylight. Yeah, because we <laughs> Bigfoot Leon's there says, "Ha ha, thanks, D." <laughs> so you can you can definitely. I mean, yeah, they definitely see. They got a little hand and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would think that uh, um, Bigfoot Okanagan Leon would know what a porcupine looks like. I mean, I think where he's from, they invented porcupines, I believe. Well, you you, you, yeah. would, you would think you would think that Mr. Noel would know what the hell a porcupine looks like. He's um, such a educated person and in the woods a lot, and he lives in the woods. And he's written a whole book on, you know, how you know a Sasquatch has been living with Sasquatch. You know, and, and talks hmm. about that. You know, hmm. hmm. So yeah. So. Uh, so to me, he's, you know, gone and he's a very, you know, like I said, a woo type of person. And uh, there we go. So I'm big. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Make me small. Yep. <laughs> so let's let's get into tonight's topic. Huh. <laughs> and in the chat, you can't necessarily see that. I think. Oh, wow. <coughs> the chat is hopping. Oh, hopping. 
Oh, and guess who's in the house? We got uh, not only is uh, um, Mick in the house, but we also now have uh, Timmy Boys in the house and Alan Grasshopper's in the house. Timmy Grasshopper, there you are. <laughs> Good to see you, Alan. So for that, you know, for that fact, um, let's get. Um, I don't know, Mike. Do you want to do um, um, Doug's letter first? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and do Doug's letter. I can explain a little bit more. So what we're talking about is okay. I'm not muted. I'm sorry that the two dogs in the other room are making more noise than they usually do. Hey, man, we're um, used to it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine are a little bit bigger than both. Well, oh, yeah. he's got one a little bit bigger, but um, yeah. So we have the uh, the pink the Sasquatch pink hair experiment. Um, where we're actually asking from help from the public. So uh, it's a UV study uh, in relation to hair. Uh, I'll let uh, Steve pull Doug's end of things, and I will bring up <laughs> my end of the the house here. So, so I will say this. Helps. When we were in the field a few weeks ago, um, we had used UV light. We had switched from white light to UV light to look around, and the difference on the camera was phenomenal. You could actually make out a lot more contrast in the woods in detail. It actually uh, didn't seem as washed out, so you could actually get further using the UV light and the regular cell phone uh, camera, which is what the field remotes basically were. Where it was just a, a cell phone with with uh, that. So, uh, my, and Mike was talking to me about it a bit, and it got me very interested. And uh, unfortunately, Doug couldn't make it on the show tonight, but he did uh, send a prepared statement for us uh, talking about the UV study. So, uh, let me read it to you what Doug had to say. Um, let me pop number one up, which says, you know, I, Doug Hitech, has had numerous reasons to suspect that Sasquatches might see in the UV spectrum, just like caribou have been proven to do. UV vision would allow a predator to see an animal prey sign easier like urine trails they leave behind as urine actually glows in the UV spectrum due to a chemical in the urine called phosphorus. Finding rodents, toads, and other mammals like deer would be very easy to track day and night as long as these small animals such as rodents and amphibians like toads do urinate constantly. Caribou use it to see plants and lichen that is higher in nutrition. Also, it is used to see predator urine like wolves and to find their own herd urine trails from when they are left far behind during birthing their calves having uv vision is actually more of a primitive vision system as far as i know but it is still very helpful for a wild creature that makes its living purely by hunting and gathering wild food primarily at night so I also suspect black bears and other large animals may see in the UV spectrum and may have been talking about the possibility on many other podcasts. Bigfoot seeing in the UV light spectrum could also account for them spotting camera traps, question mark. What, the white plastic on passive sensors and many colored plastics are more visible under UV light. Boy, that makes a little sense. This is why I checked Bigfoot hair as far back as almost two years ago with a UV flashlight to see if anything glowed or reacted to UV light that would be considered remarkable. I also wanted to see if their sebum glowed. Nothing terribly remarkable was observed at that time. However, something was missing in my procedure. Mike heard me discussing this possibility, this possible vision quality, and prompted Mike Ann to ask me to do the same, but now to look through it with my iPhone camera. I did so out of interest, and, and a bright pink reflection was soon in, uh, was seen and photographed in what looked 
looks like the medulla of a hair when the light was close into the side, flush with the hair level. This is a brilliant connection on Mike's part. However, Mike and I both know far more consistent testing is needed to see if there is a distinct pattern. Could this hair quality and UV vision also help them camouflage or locate each other? We just don't know. At this point, we don't even know with 100% certainty I was testing Bigfoot hair. But again, I believe it might have great potential. If what I tested was, in fact, hair from a Bigfoot, I don't know. I do know is that the morphology of the hair tested by me matches the standard of what I know for Sasquatch hair features. I make no statements. Excuse me, that all of this information has any real significance as of yet. Mike Ann, through hard work, is spearheading the study and working with another scientist to come up with some preliminary scientific conclusions. A fellow researcher, Jeff Harding, obtained fur from the various North from various North American animals at a taxidermy shop and states it does not have any similar qualities. But I have not tested it myself, so I cannot vouch for that this at this time. If other animal fur does not react to UV light in the same way this might aid in the future to ID Bigfoot hair. It will be an easy test for anyone to conduct for about $6 for a small UV flashlight, providing they follow my simple method listed below. <coughs> and if in fact only Bigfoot hair gets intense pink highlights, it could yet again may give scientists yet one more difference between human, animal, and Sasquatch hair that will further the argument that Sasquatch is a real species. And finally, uh, even in some human hair gets pink highlights, yet a researcher found a clump of hair on a tree twist off or on a high wood power line pole that is doubtful would be human. This procedure may still offer significance and importance due to the bright pink highlights combined with other unique morphology traits like tapered ends, wavy, wispy, and lack of medulla, plus more advanced examination of real human-like hair scaling. I do not believe the hair is fluorescing or glowing. (coughs) I do not believe the hair is fluorescing or glowing like a northern flying squirrels do, but rather reflecting, absorbing into the hair core. I have not tested any, many human hairs, but the ones tested so far do not have the same qualities under UV light. Mm. <clears throat> so the, the procedure is while looking through your iPhone or newer, other phone cameras and camera makes are untested to my knowledge. Two, Next, use a small UV flashlight of three-quarter inches in diameter from a very distance of approximately two to three inches away from the side and from the table level to avoid light bounce back and diffused UV light. Also, use a darker background like a sterilized wood desk surface or dark paper, etc. Three, if it is Sasquatch hair, it may turn on bright pink highlights in the medulla area of the hair that is seen only through the phone. (coughs) All right. So this is actually the hair he tested, I believe, right, Mike? That, that is the hair that Doug tested. This is from sample he has uh, from uh, in his neighborhood that uh, they collected. Um, so it uh, definitely uh, does 
give a little different highlights uh, to it. And uh, I'm working on grabbing some uh, German Shepherd here so I can kind of show you guys as well because I've got a microscope set up. So he's using the, the basic cheap dollar store um, or Harbor Freight uh, UV light. Uh, we're using a couple other different spectrums. As Steve knows, I carry one with me. I just picked up two new ones today uh, because there's a bunch of different wavelengths that the light works in. And uh, as soon as I grab some hair here from the, the shepherds, let me run out and grab that quick. I've got some porcupine that's out in the garage. I don't like to bring it in the house. Um, so give me one second to grow. Hey, uh, Mike, that. do you have any porcupine quills we could test too? Yes, I do. Um, right. Give me 30 seconds. I'll be right back with that because I can put it underneath the microscope. So, mm -hmm. all right. So I'll stop that there, for one right. second. Yeah. So this is very, very interesting stuff that's going on here. Um, you know, uh, what it does is it kind of, it's kind of like a presumptive test. If this proves to be something, you know, yeah. okay, it's a UV. Now we know we can test this hair for DNA or whatever. So that uh, would come in handy with identifying. Yeah. If it has that marker, uh, glows pink under UV, that would be a good way of saying, Hey, we've got one for the test tube here. Sure do. <laughs> that would be cool. That that would be. Did Mike say he had a porcupine living in his garage, or is it just in the garage? I uh, I have no idea what he say. He said something one? about a porcupine. Also, my like, huh? porcupine in the garage, living or yeah. dead. And Aaron Aaron was like, he goes, it'd be super easy to make a huge database of samples or comparison. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's some deer, you know, mm -hmm. run it through, take some pictures. Mike has now a microscope. Yeah. So you know he'll be able to you know, and, and you got to understand Mike. Coming from a law enforcement background, still involved in law enforcement. You know, he's a very analytical guy, very, yeah. um, you know, he, he's taking things and he's working with a scientist as well. I know the scientist, great guy. Um, and Grass asked, what kind of uh, camera is Doug using to view the UV? He's using an iPhone at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he says well, I, bro, we need cheap answers. <laughs> it says iPhone X. And well, I get I, I gotta know. tell you, after seeing Mike's equipment, I can understand why one is broke. <laughs> He'd got some some fly equipment for UV and and uh hey, we got bushwhacking with rooster. <laughs> bushwhacking with rooster, okay. So uh it's a very interesting premise, and uh, you know, sometimes uh, you know, the simplest explanations are, are you know, where the simplest processes yield the most results sometimes. I well, mean, yeah, there, there's something going on with their hair, too. I mean, I don't know exactly what it is, but when I took my blob photos, okay, yeah. you know, they kind of blended in kind of green, and I'm like, uh, wait a minute, man. That's See, let me give you a good example of what I mean by the, the simplest. Now, we, we have so much in these crime scenes with DNA, 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 yeah. but nothing beats getting a good, uh, a fingerprint is actually more condemning than a DNA sample at a crime scene, believe it or not, because that fingerprint will be in a particular location, like, yeah. you know, oh, they're all having beers and the, the guy gets shot and, right. you know, they, they lift a print off of one of the beer bottles, that's their suspect. Yeah. If they just find DNA in the house... The guy could say, "Well, you know, I hung out with the guy. It could have been yeah. left there any three years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But the the fact that that fingerprint is on the beer bottle, right? That, like I said, that is more condemning than well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. 
So sometimes the simplest gives us more definition. Um, And and this is like one of those cases where here's this little cheap little uh, doohickey. And okay, there's Mike. Go ahead, Mike. You can narrate. Okay. So I've got the the microscope up. I got to do a Oh, nope. You got, so it's not really a share screen. I'm using my camera now. Hey, uh, oh. Mike, just so uh, Al- Alan, a good friend of ours, said explanation cameras have a filter ahead of the CCD chip to filter out the frequencies above the natural human vision. Using a full spectrum camera will show a higher resolution of pixels. So, so yeah, so there there is some change. We are working with, so this is the, the shepherd hair. Um, uh, can you put so, my cup on the screen real big? Uh, I'm going to try. So... Uh, let's do this. So, you just close. Yeah, there you go. So, this is Shepard. So, you're going to get some highlight on the outside of it. So, this is with a 375 um, UV light. So, if you look at the way Doug is, is... Kill the other light here. So, has his pops... It's popping inside. It's this is kind of reflecting off the outside. So again, this is this is Shepard. Now that's with the UV. If I switch over and turn on the white light, you see you don't really get much of anything. We can go to an IR. Now he is using the cell phone cameras. Right now, what I'm using is a digital microscope, mm-hmm. um, so I can use that. So, again, this particular uh, unit I'm using is running in the UV spectrum of uh, 375 on it. And then we have another one here that runs 475. And this is a big industrial... Uh, I was at the uh, at a gem show today and picked up a bunch of new lights. So uh, getting them up and running. So this spectrum is going to be a little different. So it's not like your traditional black light. So again, this is uh, a very low wavelength, and that is very black. Yeah, and that's not nothing is coming up on oh, it. I see something. Yeah. So yeah. They're so very slight. Um, very slight. But mm-hmm. if we pull up and we're going to go up to the other one so this is another wavelength you're going to get a little different so what we're getting with the hair sample that doug has is it's coming up in the medulla so it's coming up in between um switch over to the other one go back to the traditional light that i carry with me in the field all the time so this is pretty much the highlights of the uh the hair. So his is coming up right inside the hair itself. And those pictures really do not do it justice. So so that's German Shepherd on a yellow background. It does make a difference if you use a black background. Switch it over here. So again, you have to have the light at about a 75 degree angle. You're not going to shoot straight into it. So it's not, it's not glow. He calls it a pop. This is just the luminous from the camera. 
So you can see each of the individual cells and everything like that. He's getting it nice and close. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's on a black background. So and it it doesn't matter. The the frequency has a difference. Um that's why the study. So we're gonna switch from there. Let me turn some white back on here a second. And we'll switch over to the porcupine. Okay, a uh, couple of things. Yep. Okay, uh, Graf says that it doesn't matter what light frequency you use, the camera has to have the capability of seeing that frequency, which all cameras are limited that, by anything. Yep. That, that is that is correct. And um, oh, I think I grabbed the wrong sample. <laughs> and uh, one on the Bigfoot says, what's a German Shepherd have to do with anything? Well, that's very simple. I'll, I'll, I'll answer that. All right. Okay. Uh for the same reason why you have to have a catalog of different hairs. And just because he's kind of showing the procedures on a German shepherd hair, because that's what's available right now is some German shepherd hair. Yeah. So, um, and the what it is out in the garage though. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> the porcupine quill or the porcupine itself? No, the, the quill. The oh, quill. okay. No, no, we did not kill that porcupine. Switch. Dang it. Switch. So, <laughs> Uh, all right. Where is my what? Oh, help if I turn my camera back on, huh? So, we went to a location with uh, our buddy Joe there from Western New York. Uh, we were walking around, and uh, our we're gonna call him Unk now. Our unknown scientist uh, has a new method of data of collecting hair samples when we're in the field. So we're trying it. That's good old fashioned. Uh, table plastic tablecloth. We're tying it to us. We're dragging it behind us in the field. It will the static electricity will pull hair. So there's some hair samples on this one still, dated, timed, or whatever. So, but and not, we and walk not, and not using gloves. Yeah, that one I know is porcupine. That was a sample. Yeah, there's I have tweezers and everything right here in my kit. Um, we got some nice little small ones actually to carry in the field now that are. Nice and sterilized, so they're indicating they're ready to go. Um, we got some more as forceps as well. Um, let me uh pull up the study here quick. So, let me share a screen. So, Steve, I just sent you a share screen. Yep, going up. Okay, so for folks to take a look at this, I'm, I move my my studio around here, guys. That's why I'm kind of discombobulated. Usually, my uh, computer monitor was up on my right side. It's now on my left. So every time I move the mouse, going looking for it, I'm on the wrong side of the room. <laughs> That's why you got to get three monitors, Mike. Um, there is another 55 inch to the right that I could use, and uh, Christy was borrowing a monitor for me, so it's returning. So yeah, I will have three monitors back here. Uh, I don't need another one. I can set another one up. So you've seen my little field monitor. That's over here too. So uh, anyway, so what we have here is the actual data collection sheet. So let me explain to folks that have the question about the lights. So I am working with a, uh, a, a zoologist, and we just picked up two other uh, scientists to give us a hand with this project. Um, they specialize in light frequency. And... Uh, animal vision. Um, I can't say where they work and stuff like that at this time because it, it's the the study is 
it started with Bigfoot, but it's completely gone the other way. Uh, to the point that we're out chasing down the flying squirrels. And in uh, in New York, we're lucky to have flying squirrels, as Doug has them in Minnesota. And um, when you hit certain animals, uh, flying squirrels, possums, and mar uh, certain marsupials like uh, wombats and platypus, with a UV light, with your eye, they will fluoresce a color. Uh, the North American species will fluoresce a pink. Those marsupials from Australia will fluoresce in a UV blue-green. Um, but that hmm. is what you make it on. This is done with a camera filter. So what we're looking for from folks is to help us out. And again, this is a theory. This is not the end-all, be-all. This is kind of say, if you've got 45 samples of hair, and we can go ahead and run this test, and they fit the other parameters of, um, you know, we'll go back up here to the top here. So there's a whole paper. So Doug sent you just kind of the little uh, sample of what he's asking for. But there's actually a five-page paper of what we're looking for with the data collection. But the whole thing to start with is, you know, was the hair wispy? Should be at least three to uh, nine inches. Was it wavy in appearance when placed on a fat surface? You know, it could be of any color, you know. And, and I know those folks have been around here for a while and looked at it and it looked at the Fahrenbach study and stuff like that. Tapered ends, you know, doesn't look like it's been cut with mechanical means. And that's that's why I have the digital microscope in there so we can really look at what's available. And did you uh, examine under microscope? Did you see that intermittent uh, medulla? Um trying to think where that sample is it's in one of the bins from the hair we collected in the adirondack steve it's that i got on plates and stuff but it was um again i'm moving everything around in here but when we go in you know the equipment that you're going to need to go ahead and run this thing the collection and what it's on um let me come back down here so see again yeah, there the whole procedures in here but you know, we want to know where this 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 speed this sample is taken from, because is there something in the environment that's causing the hair to give it that pop? Is it the hair itself? So, was there something like I said, uh, certain saps or something like that? The color, the lankness, if you can measure the thickness, um, the weather conditions, and then the equipment, and that's going to be the big thing. And let me zoom in on that. So, we're getting, a, we're getting a lesson in Microsoft Word today, too. Like, yeah. Um, and and that, that's a Come on, Mike. So maybe Bigfoot's outside, Chris, your theory, either that, you know, all well, your equipment never works when you're uh, you're doing this stuff. Yeah, that, that you must have hair nearby. That's Okay. Yeah, we're going to go with that one, Steve. You know, I'm the guy with the gray hair. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> All right, so we're looking for the cell phone type, the make and the model, and the UV light that you're using, uh, and the wavelength. So I want the model, the type, the brand. Um, that way we can really have an idea of what everybody's using. Like I said, right now I use three different lights while I was here running things. Hmm. So each one has a different wavelength. 
yeah. that they're putting out. So they're each going to give you something different. I'm also looking for a backup view under IR light. So we have the white light, you know, our general what we're seeing, the UV light, and an IR light. Are they giving a different uh, location or a different uh, coloration off? And then we're looking for photo samples of those items. I'm also asking for folks to turn around and videotape what they're doing. So the process can be repeated with the hair samples that are out there. Um, the uh, There's actually an additional sheet that's, that's available to really give us more information and in that data that's on there. And, uh, but again, where the pictures of the collection site, where it came from, the time, the height of the ground. So I'm going to stop that share. Um, so each of those is going to give us something a little different. And uh, Jeff is uh, taking a look at, you know, multiple different types of hair. Um, let me see if I got a better, a bigger picture of that. I know I do. Um, so you guys can get a better look at it. Uh, oh, here, let me give you a quick share of the flying squirrel. Okay, we do have a question in the chat. Shoot. So, and and so crazy question. Ketchum stated the samples he tested also had a broken medulla. So, should her study be completely discounted or has more testing is done? Can we verify her process? Uh, I, I think, you know, if you ask me, Haskell Hart broke it down pretty well. Any any hair sample can have a broken medulla. It seems that the, the Sasquatch hairs that have been collected over the years and have, I, I guess, been, you know, physically looked at, uh, which re resemble primate hair, um, like found in Oregon and, and places and such as those, where, you know, other than us, there is no other primate, um, lacked any medulla. There was zero medulla. And I think kind of Doug was, you know, hitting on that, that, you know, the, the lack of medulla may be the reason why this UV light is having this type of effect on the hair. <clears throat> so there may yeah. be something there. But as far as uh, Ketchum's study, should she be completely discounted? Yes, because her primer was wrong. And I think Dr. Hart kind of really drove that home. I thought so. Yeah. Um, and the, and that was something I was saying before even Dr. Hart came along was, yeah. it seems to me the primer was wrong for that test. So, uh, because I, I mean, come on, it was coming. I mean, first we heard it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, and the person to talk to on this is, is Jeff Stewart, crypto Hulk, Jeff Stewart, who, you know, had gotten the email some because he was involved with the Ketchum study for a while. And then he said, I'm out. Um, you know, he, you know, first there's, um, first there, you know, she had said, oh, there's Nephilim DNA. Well, who has Nephilim DNA? And then she said there was angelic DNA. Who the hell has angelic DNA? 
right? So there, there's a lot of problems with with the catch them study. But uh, that's, good question. That was a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. Good, but good question. It's very non-scientific, if you ask me. Um, just a lot of uh, okay. So Mike's got. So there, there's a little different. So you can see that it, it has a little more pop. And again, that picture has been redone a couple of times. You know, for him to put it in there. Uh, this is the one of the original photos that Doug sent us. I know that there are some folks with some human hair that came up with uh, some different um, setups. So what Doug was seeing is that when he was moving the light, it, only certain areas were getting that that pop. It's not the full hair. It's it's those almost he said it was almost like a fiber optic. Now I have not personally had a sample of the hair in my possession. I don't. I went to Doug, uh, knowing that he's been doing this stuff for a long time and had a lot of evidence sent to him. Um, here's the flying squirrels, where I meant they show that pink underneath the camera. Hmm. And uh, I'll give you uh, the platypus, too, while we're here. If I get over to the right screen here. There we go. So they give you... Come back here, StreamYard, so I can see what's going on. This wonderful, funky green. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was the big thing of taking a look at what was available. Um, so we're looking to get as many um, samples as we can do. This is something for folks to get out with their kids and take a look at. Uh, let me pull that the study back up again. Um, well, another thing too, Mike. If uh, we we kind of wonder what we're looking at if we're looking at these hair samples and they have a uh, they fluoresce under a UV light, could that be a biological contamination on the hair? Like, could it be saliva? You know. Well, and that, the Chris, that's that's a big part of it. Is yeah. Let me uh, let me get down into the group here. So uh, well, I, I, I won. I tend to believe that these these animals groom each other, and well, so there might be a good chance that it would have saliva on you, there. Let me ask a question, Mike. And this is yeah. this gets very dicey from this point of view. Um, say you have multiple hair samples yep. from the same target creature. Okay. So you're putting it under the light and Chris made a very valid point. Is it perhaps it's a substance on the, the, the top of the hair, not necessarily or topically on the hair, not rooted in the hair. So the question I have is, do you take one of those samples and drop it in a saline solution and clean it and then perform the test? If you have multiple hairs, because you know, if there is more, if you have multiple, you're, you're not going to destroy DNA. Right. Right. So right. Let, let me explain the, the process, Steve. And I guess maybe that's what I should have done from the beginning. We, maybe we, I started with, with Doug stuff, yeah. not, not figuring he was going to be here with us tonight. So and, and before uh, we, I just, I before we do that, me. before we yep. do that, I just want to, uh, Alan says, uh, oh, you're proving by me. Dark hair soaks up in for a light, which is why they're a blob in night vision, black hair, brown hair. Everybody. So he's talking about, uh, uh, infrared. We're talking about ultraviolet here, so yeah. uh, a little, little different on the spectrum. Obviously, well, I think UV is higher on the spectrum, correct? Uh, yeah, IR the, well, is low. See, 
there, there's a there. No, see, there's a whole other interesting thing, and it was brought to my you know attention the other day by uh, our buddy, the uh, the unknown uh, scientist there. Um, <laughs> so my my uh, my co-pilot and team member is uh, his brain works on uh, very different levels. As Steve has met uh, my partner yep. in crime here, and uh, but he has to remain yeah, anonymous. Yeah, so there, there's so. If- if there's any question, because people will always say, well, how come the scientists aren't there? You know, how do, you know, I, I've met a couple of the scientists and they're all, yes, there, there are scientists involved in this. Yeah. So. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, and this gentleman uh, is really run and um, he's put two other projects on the side to really jump on this. Um, so, uh, I grasshopper. I am using uh, UV as another control. Um, there's a great little video that that he sent me today uh, that really kind of gets into it. Um, basically, so the the background on this, I was trying to figure out how do we do my show from the field. Uh, as we started this show out with Steve, we went out and we did a remote. Um, so I have another podcast that I do with, with Christy London, who's in here. We do Where's My Sage. And occasionally we go out in the field and do our show live from the field. I was trying to figure out the best um, way of filming. And a crazy thing about using web cameras and your phone cameras is that underneath different lights, you're going to get different spectrums of light where you're not always going to have to use that setup. And of course, do I have IR in here? No, everything's out in the car because we were out in the field last night. Um, at least I don't think I've got one in the bin here. <laughs> you're going to wake the porcupine up. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> so. I bet that shepherd's uh, not in, in a happy mood either, losing all that hair. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> shed. I didn't grab the Doberman. That was a smarter move. We would have been here for hours trying to get hair from there. Um, but the, what happened is I was using different wavelengths of light. I noticed that I could use an IR, um, and then I thought, man, I'm, I'm seeing UV do something different. I've been using UV light. I come from a from a law enforcement background. It's been used to, to, to look for things. With dogs, it's been used to look for samples around the house that have been left. Leave you know. All. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. Blood samples and everything okay. else. So Aaron says, I don't, I, I think it wouldn't be good science if you didn't wash a sample. No. And it, it, it will, would, it's probably a good thing to go in here. So I appreciate yeah. that guys. And here, and here's the thing is. Do you want that the, share screen back up, Mike? Um. Yeah, we can, we can put the share screen back up as well. That's fine. Um. So the collection. When you brought up. In in uh, where we're going, um, the uh, different parts of the body are actually different. When you look at hair, and guys, you want to go down a long, dangerous hole, start looking up the morphology of hair and the scales, the medullas, the 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 parts, the pieces. Of the hair, human hair mimics just about everything in nature. Hey, Jeremiah. Um, so having that sample is there. So, and you're going to get something from an undercoat. 
you're going to get uh, a belly hair. You're you're going to get everything. So what I'm asking for, and and again for the DNA thing, is that you take two samples. You take an A and a B sample. So if you're grabbing something off a, uh, the head, um, you split your sample. You make sure it's put into a paper envelope. Um, down below are the descriptions on how to fold the paper. Um, you're going to set a piece of paper up. You're going to fold it up in what they call a pharmacist fold. That hair sample is going to go with sterile tweezers. And everything's in here in the hair collection. And you're, you're going to fold that up. You're going to put it in. You're going to date. You're going to time. You're going to, and all that information is down below in the study. So we have that information. But I'm asking for two samples. And the big reason is everybody always tells me we gave our entire sample away. I didn't keep anything for myself. Well, if you're there and you're in the field and you can turn around and split your sample right then and there, split it to an A and B sample. I also, again, if you've got a subject, because we want known subjects. You're a deer hunter, you're a bear hunter, you come across a, a roadkill of a, a wolverine or a fisher, you know, stuff people don't come across all the time. Yeah. If you can get a sample from the head, the back, the tail, and the underbelly, it's totally different. We're talking about the porcupine again. You porcupine, you've got the quills, which are a hair. They're just a different keratin, and that's just it is where we're looking at things. Um so hanging those different samples, and then you're going to label those samples. So each sample is going to be its own sample. Um, and that goes, and I, all that description's in here. I want you to take a photo of the discovery site, a photo of where the hair was. So you find it on a, on a, on a fence post. You find it on the barbed wire fence. Take a photo of it. Where was it height-wise? So when somebody says, well, it came from here, well, is that the good old-fashioned... <laughs> you know, um, you know, they come from a groin or the inner thigh or they come from the top of the head. You know, is it is it the cow sticking its head underneath the uh, the fence and it gets caught on the back? Uh, I've got a sample of Holstein here. The other day I put that under that stays white. No A.K.A. Centerline bovine. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my favorite whipper will on the grill. <laughs> Flat cat. In the pile in this deck. Steve is is grasshopper Steve? You no, it's Alan. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Shake and bake um, snake. So each smidgen of pigeon. Rigor mortis tortoise. Oh, bag and gag. Uh, you know, for it, everybody listening on the podcast, we're looking at the roadkill cafe menu. You yeah. kill it, we grill it. That's right. <laughs> You know, and, and that almost happened it, with our with it, our it, special chef, Wheels Pierre. It, and, and that's that almost happened to us where we almost said, hey, we need to get all the collection kits, put them in the back of the car. And as we're driving to the location to go, you know, sit in the woods. Oh, there's a possum. We definitely can tell it, you know, it was there. It was one night I unfortunately hit one on the way to work. And I didn't have enough time to turn around and hit it with the light to see if it would, right. you know, fluoresce pink. And I'm but like, Mike, I came Mike, back after work. I'm like, it's squished. You I, know, I got, I got to ask: Does your wife like very gingerly walk around the garage, wondering what you have in bags in there? No, I only have one bag of porcupine right now. <laughs> so, and it's and it's a small hair sample, and it's out there. And there's a whole thing of making I, sure that stale, fro, you know, you're going to. I, I can't even imagine what the mad scientist has in his house. Well, 
<laughs> you 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 have the thermal video from the bear. Yes. Um, you know that was an, a night. You know everybody says do bears poop in the woods. Yes. We got a we got a bear on thermal for about ten minutes, and um, we went back the next day. Chef Simon saw me that one. And uh, the field that this bear was in looked like a giant litter box. Mm. Um, and he had uh, bear poop in the, the back of his uh, FJ for a little bit, you know. And <laughs> and I'm sure he's got plenty of, you know, whatever. But the, the big thing is how we're collecting the hair. And, again, here's the information. I want the sample number. Record it in a, day, a logbook. The GPS recordings, the, the time, the weather conditions, what it was on. Again, so – there was a, a location we found um, one of uh, Steve's other guys, another Steve. Um, we I took the uh, the unknown guy down there with me, and we found what looked like nesting areas. And in that were seed pods of mag magnolia seed pods. And we couldn't figure out why the magnolia seed pods were there. And they really, we couldn't find any of the trees in the area. They were on the outskirts of the property. But magnolia seed pods have a uh, an anti-insectant uh, or what am I looking at? Yeah, insect repellent, natural insect repellent, yeah. almost like a citronella. And in in that came up recently with conversations between you know my my partner and Doug and myself and his sebum study was, you know, is something like that being you know crushed and rubbed, you know into a skin because it is a waxy type of material and, it, and it's got that. Um, you know, anti. I got something uh, to tell you, Mike. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Scott Smith and I years ago got a track cast from a trackway that were the the track we cast was underneath one of those magnolia trees that had the seed pods, and there were seed pods laying on the ground that had been opened everywhere. That that was where we got a track casting. So. That creature had spent some time under that tree with those pods doing something. Sure did. Something's going on with that. I believe you. You that rung a bell when you said that. Yeah. It and, and it does. And then there's a lot of birds, JD. That's funny because this morning I went to this freaking uh, uh, mineral and gem show, and they're like, "It's a yeah. hundred grams for this. <laughs> you know, hundred dollars a gram for that." I'm like, "What did I just walk into?" Hey, hey. So. Get how much for a gram of feldspar? Yeah. <laughs> I did get a really cool pirate egg, though. Um, what? That, yeah. <laughs> but the size of the hair, the description, the color, and again, any smell. So is there something on there? So the oils or something as you're talking about. Yeah. But definitely sanitizing it, yeah, might be a really good point. And making sure that you have the gloves, the the you know, all your supplies ready to go. And, and everything is in here. How to turn around and put the stuff down? Um, so it's in the in the study, and then laying everything out and what you're going to use. And originally, I mentioned to everybody to use white so you could see the hair on the sheet. The problem with using white is that when you put the white, hit the white with UV, you know, you get that old bl college blacklight thing going. Right. So I noticed with yellow, yellow does not do hmm. the funky thing. Uh, even black will do a little, you know, give you a little purple haze. Yeah. So yellow, I'm using some yellow vinyl right now. Plus it's nice to clean up. Um, so that'll be, that's a switch out that came out today. And that's something we've been experiencing. Um, and again, 
where did the stuff come from? What did you see it on? And, and again, the original sample that I found and went, oh my God, we got something because it was the end of a trackway. It was in with a bunch of pine sap. So having some of that information available. So it's all in the procedure. The procedure's all there. Um, and again, here's what we're looking for on the packet. The sample, the subsample. So if it is a subsample, um, what type of animal? Where did it come off the animal? Collected by? I want to know who collected. If there was any witnesses there, I want to know what witnesses were there when it was collected. Um, that way we can talk to them somewhere down the line. How to do the pharmacist fold is right there. You know, you're going to fold it into a nine. That center is where you're going to put it. You're going to fold that pack. You're going to fold it in half, you know, in a quarter or a third, and then another third, and then boop, another third and a third, and makes a nice little pack. And then all this information is going to go on the outside of that. Um, but again, that the hair sample collections, all that information. So if it's a known species, we want to know if they're known species because we don't have a control. We can't go back and take a look. And if we have that control and this particular hair sample, you know, shows the same, um, what am I looking for? The same characteristics and we can compare it against something again, like I said, it's to rule out a larger sample. You guys have been doing this a long time and you know, how many times you get a whole bunch of horse hair or cow hair sent to you because it's got that kinky look. It's found near the, the barbed wire fence or, you know, underneath the tree or something like that or across the barn. Um, or it was on a horse trail. You know, there's a lot of places that we go. There's a lot of horse trails and, oh my God, I found it because it's that, that Auburn, well, or chestnut looking hair. Yeah. Well, is it that, that tail hair? Because somebody was brushing their, you know, pulling some burdock out of uh, out of the horse tail. Right. Um, so where that location is, I'm asking for the photos again. This is the this is the other this is the form I was looking for. So you literally can click on the link, and you can go ahead and drop them right in this. It's a fillable dock, in any uh, distance. Um, so the packet will be available uh, tomorrow afternoon. It's the final deadline. It will be out there, uh, Todd. And uh, I know you sent me an email uh, the other day. We're going to put it out there. All the descriptions are in there. Um, we actually have an email address set up. And it is bigfoothair2021 at gmail.com. Um, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that should be easy to remember. bigfoothair2021 at gmail. Yep. So, it, and again, this is something you guys can do with, with the family, you know, um, but we're working, we're working with a museum, uh, getting some samples, some known animal samples. The other thing, uh, Alan had mentioned was, uh, you, the, uh, IR light bleaching stuff. So you can vote what they call photo bleach with UV light. And that's something that was described to me the other day. And that's where I didn't get through. Thank you, Steve. Um, the, if UV, too much UV light is put into something, it will actually photo bleach. So it's the actual hair will react to different things. Everything will photo bleach. And again, I didn't go to school for optics. Uh, I didn't go to school for color science. My background is in criminal justice and archaeology. So give me a whole bunch of stone tools, especially Ashley and hand axes. 
that's my background in looking at a crime scene. Um, but so if there are folks that listen that are, uh, you know, you have a background in, in this kind of stuff, we're, we're definitely interested in talk where you uh, got a, a, you know, a nice phone call and from Steve from Curious Cryptids and uh, he, he gave us some, some things and he's trying it. And, and again, folks, it's, it's something we can all try. Um, and see what we can get. But again, having the documented stuff in the uh, the sample, I'm going the wrong way. That's what happens yeah. when you have too many screens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are lucky I don't have the audio up right now, but Joe <laughs> from Western New York, Bigfoot, when he coughs, sounds exactly like Steve Calls. And on my audio recorder, this is not Steve Calls. Like all night last night, this is not Steve Calls. <laughs> As he hacks and tries not to. But uh, again, um, having the, uh, the UV light type. And for, for our folks in, in on our, our audio replay at iHeartRadio, all those, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, for an autograph picture of Mike, email, I am making a Bigfoot toupee at gmail.com. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, I just had to. No, I am not a graphic artist either because, you know, I was trying to come up with a pretty good graphic to go with this and trying to find like an Elvis toupee on a pink you know, on a big folk can care or something like that. You know, I just, uh, I haven't had enough time to play with like Canva or something like that. But again, all this information is, is here, what we're looking for, the actual, and again, we need to be able to sure it's, uh, it can be replicated. So always having that, that light source three inches away, what the cell phone is. And, and again, every camera is going to be a little different. And, this is, uh, this is real science, Mike. This is yeah, real science. It's, this is the way it, it's done. It, it's, it's the way we're going. Um, you know, once this project is up and running, the next thing will be the 3D scanners. And I've been talking to a lot of folks about yeah. that. Um, Steve knows that's a that's a big thing of mine. And actually, I've been doing 3D rendering, you know, on site with some of the apps. Uh, we did it while we were up at his house. Right. Um, so when you find it, you can 3D render. So you can go back and take a look, um, you know, where that sample was taken from. I mean, stuff is available on your phone and, as long as you don't kill your phone, you know? And the beautiful thing about that is, is with a 3D rendering, say there's a, a sighting, you can 3D render that, you can go back to it to see that area as it was when it happened. Um, I, I think it's huge, and it's important that the uh, 3D rendering uh, is, is used. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for imagine 3D rendering a track. Um, you know, that stuff is, is quintessential. And you can always go back and look at it and see something you may miss. Or you don't know what's going to happen in the future where you may uh, actually need to go back and say, hey, I never, this is something new. Let me go back and, and uh, look at what, um, you know what there is maybe there is a you know for example like the the magnolia uh the magnolias the nuts from the magnolias all yep. of a sudden you know you go back and you know you look at your 3d scan and you're noticing this pile of, of nuts and or a magnolia tree or yeah. whatever 
Um, like a seed pod thing. Right. Like. So it's, yeah. always, it's always good to go back. And now you have this wonderful. Uh, um, I'm looking for the, uh, the 3D objects I did the other day. And uh, where? Uh, and again, uh, you know, anybody that's interested, will we are definitely will be getting this package out. Um, again, the history. Again, it was coming out. It, what we're getting out there, uh, and with Doug's background, with all the uh, the different cameras he designed, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, an amazing way things are are coming up. Uh, yeah. So let's see if this model opens up here for me. And as people start collecting hairs and stuff, it's important, you know, you can buy a microscope now, like one of those little USB microscopes, plugs in your computer, and they're not very much, like, you know, maybe 20 bucks. Um, yeah, it, it, Alan said that anthropology and camera tech nothing to do yeah. with each other, and that's the way I like it. Um, this is the setup I'm using right now. Yeah. That big... Big, got its own monitor. That's cool. Yep, it's got its Can own. Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, Alan had made a comment that you know uh, anthropology and camera tech nothing to do with each other. And that's the way I like it. <laughs> I didn't see the hee hee on that, but um, in actuality, it's got a lot to do with it. I, you know, there was a a, a guy uh, doing some uh, looking at forts. And uh, look by 3D mapping a a uh, 3D mapping Fort Mifflin. He went to Turkey to one of the oldest uh, Knights Templar forts and 3D mapped that. Mm -hmm. And uh, as it turned out, you know they they had a lot of similarities from the entrance hallway to how the the ports were made, and uh, so it was very very interesting. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, it's always always important to uh, you know, uh, and I and I know he's saying not in my research. I keep them separate. I understand that. I understand that. But you know, sometimes we get a you got to use some new school stuff to look at. You can't always be stuck in old school. That's just my philosophy. Always go back to, like I say, old school is something you always go back to. But uh, there you go, Mike. So show us what you got here. Yeah. So I mean, this is. Uh a particular scan and unfortunately this one doesn't do it justice but i will bring it up on my phone so looking for apps that go back and forth this is a scan uh scan 3d but we can go in and if i bring the the phone up so i actually have all the, if my fingers work today your fat fingered it yeah so if we switch around here so I can look at the same photo. So this is it with all the pictures on it. So the oh, trees where we had everything. But now if we go back to the share screen. Oop. Yep. This is the same setup. So I can actually go in and look at some of the materials where it's at and change some of the shading up. And look at how things were set up. And this one's not doing it as well as it should. Um, but <clears throat> let me go to the boot. So this is a boot print. But we can look at the structure from all different sides. And really look what's underneath. Um, and inches. 
and we switch oh, back to the other folder here. And you're able to scan that with your phone, Mike? That's with my phone. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Um, so what it does is it'll do. So this is a different one we did. Um, oops, sorry. The problem <laughs> is these, these are free apps. So sometimes things go. But where we we're at in this location, this will give you a 3D model. Now, it's taking multiple different photos. And again, in the app itself. It'll give you some uh, different so models. Let's go to the boot. I have to figure out how I can share right from. Mm. Um, yeah. So so this is a 3D print of a boot, but we can look at it all different sides and structure. Right. And look for the depth. That would be a cool tool to have, especially before you even start casting. Well, is it worth yeah. casting? Should I cast it? You know. But here, this is going to bring up. So here's the boot. Mm. So it's actually taking. Get my mouse where it's supposed to go. It'll take the. This is the actual model where it'll build. Right. And it is going to take this particular one. I took 20 some odd photos to build that mosaic to give us the model. So to build this model here, it's taking that. So every time we want to do something, we're going to take those models and it really will kill that one there. Stop sharing here. Um, oh, he's trying to take photos. And so scan 3D is the particular app I'm using. Um, but again, like I said, this particular one here was of a location. We found a print, but I can take a look and I didn't take that many. We're not going to do the ones mm -hmm. of Steve's backyard, but like Steve's backyard, we did. Um but you can see that it'll make you go through and take uh, photos of every, I think there's a thousand photos that were taken to build this particular model. Um, and 3D. you can put it in V in virtual um, a reality. Right. Yep. And put it in a VR headset. So you can actually stand in the middle and, uh, and look at it underneath um, the setup. Here's another one we did. Um, this one's a little bit better. Um, yep. turn it in so you can actually see the tree yep. get my fingers out of the way so the big thing is I am not a specialist on 3D printing or 3D scanning we actually got a guy here in town that is working with me to kind of show me some of that stuff but you can really take a look and get an idea of what's there and then if we switch up the modes and I break it. So that one's 3D scan. The other one is scan 3D. And again, it's going to take multiple photos. And again, you're going to get that whole look and you can break it out and turn it different ways. And Microsoft has got a basic 3D uh, app that's on your computer. If you have Windows 10 to turn yeah. around and look at the stuff. But there's yeah. a couple other programs that are available that will give you a little bit better um, environmental. I know? noticed mine's got that Paint 3D. Yes. So I don't know if that would you know do it or not. Some of it, some would do. It depends on the on the file. And uh, again, doing more of this stuff that's available. So having those things that are there. But again, right now the big thing is the the uh, the pink hair, the Sasquatch pink hair experiment. Yeah. So now, Mike, I have a very important question. 
Yes, sir. Watch the following clip. Tell me what you think afterwards. Oh, no. Steve is snomping off to get some. I'll oh, get the other inflatable that we have out. Um, any other questions there from the audience? <laughs> so <laughs> oh it's a good thing it's beach ball. Um, <laughs> thank God I didn't dry up my thermal. That's the. <laughs> oh, I made sure you were empty-handed. You know what? There's an interesting thing too, folks. Do your research. If you're going to buy a thermal, do the research and look at the uh, the different setups. There's there's something else we're messing with. Is you know we Steve and I've been using those uh, seeks for a long time. We ended up getting uh, some extension cables, put them into the tablets, and stick them out the car windows instead of uh, the the seek thermal, not the tablet. Yeah. No, the seek thermal. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that that head on the seek thermal is better than a Scout TK, and it'll give you the ability to record sound and audio. Where you're, or, or sound and audio, it's the same thing. It's been a long day. Yeah. Well, um, so here's what I'm doing for next week's show. I'm going to try to work that up as a, basically a, as another feed into the show as a, basically an infrared body cam. Yeah. And, or, or a, a thermal body cam, basically. So be projecting out where I'm walking. So wherever I turn, it will be there. So I may mount it actually on a headlamp. That would be cool. Everybody yeah. could say, hey, Steve, watch it. You're about to step on a snake. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, they're, they're an important, important feature. You know, I, you know, we're running. We put them on, put one on a, a 360 uh, mount on a tripod the other day. And the, uh, the unk got to sit in the uh, vehicle and, had his uh psionics color night vision mounted you know mm -hmm. co-mounted and then okay here's what i got on thermal it's another button switch to the or grabs the other tablet and he's watching it and you know color night vision and i'm like he's recording with both and i'm like out there freezing and uh but yeah and we're talking you know i have the seek thermal unit i have the tablet yep and my tablet's in an armor case too so that's yeah. even better um, I'm debating whether or not to get a mount for the tablet for the vehicle, and I'm working on a clamp so I could set the unit on uh, on my railing on my on the Bronco, so it'll be shooting forward or maybe even off to the side. So we, I can well, sit there and position it, shoot off to the side as we drive down. We can actually see if there's anything hot. I thought that thermal was really cool. That's that's the one you brought to Kentucky, right? No, the Seek is the one that goes into the phone. Oh. And it's only about yay big, and it plugs into the phone. Oh, or oh okay. Into, since they, all the phones since I bought that have gone to the <laughs> USB-C connector. It doesn't have a connector that can fit into a phone. Right. You brought the FLIR TK with you. I bought the FLIR TK. Yeah. But, but Steve, the nice thing is that they make a wonderful little teeny tiny plug um, that goes into your micro C and then goes into the US or uh, it goes in the micro in the micro USB and then you can get a micro C adapter for it. So I can use it on any one of my devices. And a nice thing about it is as long as somebody has the app. In, you, in your party, you can go out and hand them the uh, the camera head and just yeah. let them go. We've done it at night. Hey, we've got you know my ATM going one way. We got a pulsar going. Hey, you need something else? 
here, just take this yeah. and run with it. Or I've got two different tablets going. And right. uh, the cheap tablet I've got, it's got its own external power source. So you're not running into the, uh, using a micro USB. Yep. So you can plug it into an inverter and it's powering itself and you got the camera going. So you don't have to wait for a power up. So, um, but again, the, the, the big project right now is, is the, uh, is the pink hair. And, uh, you know, like I said, guys, you, you can get the, the UV lights, you know, pretty much anywhere. You don't have to spend a gazillion dollars on some of these. However, this new one, whoo, man, you want to talk about a laser rangefinder, and that's in the, uh, the 375 wavelength is the one I picked up today um, for the, you know, the different black lights. Uh, and they're a lot of fun. And here's the thing. If you're in the south, um, oh, that's why that one didn't work. He said he put Harbor Freight batteries in there. Don't use cheap, <laughs> don't use cheap batteries. Hey, um, the other thing, too, is this is something you do not want to use in a hotel room if you're sleeping in it. No, but here, there's, there's, here's another thing. Yes, this is actually the perfect kit to take in a hotel room hmm. because you can turn around, and use your cell phone to look to see if there's uh, IR cameras because they will shine with your your cell phone <laughs> and oh. your black light. So yeah, it's a good yeah. kit to take in a Might hotel be a good room. Good idea. <laughs> and, and then your, your your little teeny tiny sterilized tweezers with you. Um, yeah, so you have the sample for the. Uh, housekeeping staff that yeah, <laughs> <didn't>. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah for my uh my uh travel partner who finds the hotels we stay at Jesus. um so mike yeah. what 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 else is on the agenda i know you guys have been hitting some we, areas we, yeah right? we've been we've been out uh like i said looking for flying squirrels we've been working with joe from uh uh, Western New York Bigfoot Investigation Group, which it was, guys, 15 minutes down the road we hadn't hit. Yesterday, he took us to the location that, that Joe had the uh, had his sighting at, which was really interesting to get into. Uh, he's one of the first people he's taken. Uh, uh, I, I was one of the first people he took to his location where he had his sighting. And uh, it was a very interesting area. Um, multiple sightings in the, in the uh, area around it. Uh, on BFRO and uh, Pacific uh, Northwest maps had some stuff, uh, but watching his reaction on site was uh, was really interesting um, and kind of doing the reenactment of where he everything was. Um, we uh, I'm sure we've got some some ghost stuff coming up uh, again Tuesday nights. We've got Where's My Sage with with Christy who's here in the thing, uh, the incredible uh, medium that she is. Uh, I got told by a bunch of co-workers this week how good she is because she freaked a bunch of them out. Uh, and interesting, uh, as we do more and more scientific stuff, and I do run a full scientific team, I've got an entomologist. You guys have interviewed Ray, who's on our team, uh, our Mop and Gwari guy. Uh, Christy still points us in directions of stuff. We were down working in a set of woods, and she's like, okay, you want to find the right forest? You're going to go to your next right. It's going to be a dirt road. And there's going to be a, you know, white farmhouse on the left-hand side with a large field and stuff like that. And it's a pretty good location. She had no clue where we were. Um, no way of tracking us. And there's Sure the enough, next road's right. Dirt road, white house. Last night was, you know, find the number 28 and don't run. I'm like, I'm in the middle of the woods. What are we running from? And the two guys I'm with, I don't have to run. I got those two guys not to run. So, you know, 
as divers, we would say, you know, the person who swims the, the slowest gets eaten by the shark. So the same <laughs> with the bears. Um, <laughs> but she's put us on some on some stuff. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of kind of weird. Uh, but at most of it, again, we're going back to scientific stuff. We just kind of pop it over the top. Be open to everything that's out there, guys. That's that's all I can say is learn from everybody. So, yeah, there's you know, yeah. I I can't wait for next week. Next week's show is going to be fun. I just hope it gets a little warmer. Um, and uh, be, the only reason why is because last night it dropped to 32 degrees here. Oh, we had snow last night. We yeah. we had all intentions of camping out at the location, yeah. and uh, it started to rain. Um, I was just gonna sleep in a chair. Paul had his uh, stuff all set up to sleep in the uh, in his hammock, and Joe had his air mattresses and the dogs and pizzas, and and all of a sudden it started to, to rain. And the next thing I know, I'm like, "That's snow." Yep. Um, you know, it's uh, what was that? She'll know who farted in the car. What? Okay. I don't know who that was. Anyway, Cherry. So, um, you know, we we got snow last night, but yeah, planning to get out as much as we can. Snow in October so, already. Yeah, yeah, well, those higher elevations, you know. Yeah. Mother's Day when I filled in for you, Chris, when uh, Tom Steamroo was on. Yeah. We had to come off the mountain. There was, mine is the worst snow I've seen in that time of year. Uh, I thought we were going to die coming off the mountain. We were sliding all the way down the hill. So, but yeah, were you were you driving? Oh no, no, I have an expert field driver. Uh, you know, <laughs> so you're a little white knuckled and uh, come oh, yeah. off. That. Yeah, I mean the man has driven from the states to Brazil or to, to Belize in a two wheel drive pickup. I That's mean, right. now he's driving a four wheel going down the hill in snow. Going, we got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, it just trying to look outside the box. I mean, that's that's the big thing is what can we do? How can we put this together um, outside the box and either prove or disprove that this uh, this topic is out here? But, you know, every time I get ready to to walk away from it, uh, there's another rock throw as we started the show out with, you know, and it just makes you kind of look and go, what's what's next on this um, this path so but uh we're there i'm interested in finding some more of those seed pod trees now yeah um <laughs> if I, chris if i can find those photos i know i got them buried on uh, uh <coughs> it, it one of the external just, drives i got around here oh, there's it could just be a coincidence but that seems you know <coughs> well some some good news and some bad news the good news for next Sunday, it's supposed to be 58 with a low of 45. So that's that's okay. The bad news is there going to be sporadic showers. Oh. That's the bad news. But that's why we have the lid on the Bronco. Those <laughs> yeah. so little tiny ice particles hitting you? <laughs> no, it, it's hey, going it, to be warm. I mean, 58 for Halloween is warm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we always I mean, get snow up here for, yeah. for Halloween. So. And I, I remember days, Florida Bigfoot. Hello. <laughs> taking, the, taking the kids trick-or-treating yeah. um, in snow. 
Yeah, with mm-hmm. snow on the ground. So it's not unusual to have snow on the ground here. But luckily, there's no snow in our forecast for the next week. So, yeah. you know, we're getting closer. But so. Well, we're, yeah, we're at that uh, point in time now to where there's no heat on or no uh, AC on. And uh, the, I love that that little point of time to where my electric bill can relax for just maybe a few weeks. Uh, but pretty soon I'm, I'm certain the heat's going to come on. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of, uh, lucky in the fact that my, uh, my air conditioners don't suck up a lot of juice and really didn't use that much in, uh, electricity this year for for the air conditioners. Uh, I just recently went to electric heat because we were on, uh, gas heating and you know, the price of gas has gone through the roof. So, (laughs) so I said, well, we have dual. So I, and and the uh, heater in the house is kind of, it's not kicking. The thermostat's kind of out of funk. So right. like, yeah, you know, the hell with it. And I turn the propane off and well, I'm going to move to electric and see how we do there. Because at least there you can. Well, I want to get the salt though. hooked up to this house because we've got it at the other house and we don't live there. So, you know, <laughs> there's no point in making yeah. the electricity if you're not using it. Uh, but right. I would certainly like to have some of that solar here. Yep. yep. yep exactly. So, uh, you know, we, we've had a great show tonight and in no sense in dragging this out anymore. I think we've gotten a lot of the points across today. Um, and of course next week we're going to have a two hour show, um, in the field. And, uh, I don't know if I can pump that any longer than, than two hours. I'm going to find out because if I can do a three hour show, that would be fun, you know, and, and just oh, you in the woods and Mike's going, Oh, shh. <laughs> no, I mean, if I didn't have to go from here to, to that conference and make sure my my presentations are all set, I would be driving up there. But uh, yeah. the no, conference is in between, um, and it's a three day, and I'm presenting twice. Uh, so, um, and not yeah. on Sasquatch here either. Uh oh, it's um, let's just say that. Uh, some of the stuff crosses paths and the networks right. that we make and the people we meet doing this, sometimes you got to look, you know, um, never discount a witness guys, because everybody has something find out what the, and Steve, I think you've said this before, but I know I've mentioned it before is find out what the person does for a living because their look at things is going to be totally different. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you've got the garbage man, he's looking at something different. He looks at a house every day. He looks at what people throw out. He's going to look what's in the environment a little bit different than your biologist is or what your school teacher is going to look for, what somebody's going to listen for, the sounds. Yep. That's... Um, or your hunter, what your hunter's going to yeah, do. Yeah, you know, but it's... And again, what does your hunter do as an outside job? I mean, that's that's a big thing, you know. Looking at a machinist, you know, he's going to look at tolerances and sizes a lot different than somebody else's, you know. Um, an artist is going to look at color, you know. It's what's that seasonal stuff, you know? And yep. and here's a whole other thing. We we you know, I came across the other day. I was driving from. Elmira back up to where I'm at and looking at the seasonal colors. And I reached out to the unk and I said, Hey, 
Um, we got to find some primatologists and stuff like that. Is there any changes in hair color seasonally or um, due to, you know, hormonal changes like you would get with some other species um, of animal? From what I you understand, know? and, you know, I've done a lot of studying on primates. Uh, from what I understand, there isn't. Uh, your hair color doesn't necessarily change from season to season. But there are certain color changes due to hormones. Age. Well, yeah. age, yep. Age. But that's you know, and from sex to sex, you know, yes. in you know, that's that's a big thing. So my big thing was we're driving through, and I'm like, boy, is there something you're going to get? You know, right. Right. Again, right. where we get, we got to go back and look at some of the and it's some of the stuff we're doing. When we started doing this is looking at some of those early, um, you know, early primates and yep. you know the UV. And and here's another thing, guys. Is this is going to go towards uh, vision? And again, we brought we're bringing in some other guys. You know, kind of it's a parallel uh, study to this. Um, yeah, you know, I, if you I, look I, if you look at the you know the slow Lorax. Uh, um, their eyes will, uh, they, that gives you that red eye shine. You're looking for that. So that's an early primate. It has some of those things, but man, those things are poisonous too. How do they get a, a venomous gland, you know, in a, in a primate? So looking at some of that stuff, everybody kind of goes, well, that's something different. It doesn't look like a monkey. Well, it's still in our line. So each of those things is a, a little different. Um, it, yeah. And, and, and Alan, that, that makes a, a good thing is, you know, where are we at? Where are those different? Yeah. So look up eye shine in those guys. Look at, they, look at their fingers. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. So you got three. Seven? three, three yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know what his his problem is. Maybe I but, to but look, if people. you look for for the eye shine, their eye shine is red, hmm. uh, and they're not they're a nocturnal species, but they are in 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 our our you know our line. So some of that old DNA, some of the historical stuff, well, it could throw things off a little bit, you know. And you look at uh, you know the color phases of gibbons and stuff. It's it's there. There there's there's some better ones out, but look at those hands. Those are those are a funky, funky hand, you know. Look at the eyes shining red. Eyes. Yeah. But look at it's almost like a cat's eye, you know? Well, they are. The uh the uh the actual pupils are inverted. Yeah. Uh similar to a cat or a fox. Uh that's right. that's the you know, people wonder why foxes look funky is because their eyes their pupils are are vertical instead of horizontal, and obviously the the, the Lorax from this appearance looks like uh, the pupils are vertical as opposed to yep. um whoop. round. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Speak for the trees. <laughs> almost so it's almost a star there, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and, and and look and look, you can you can tell. Look at the nail bed. You can yeah, see yep. the nail bed there. It's just pretty. Pretty amazing how this was earlier. I mean, they still have the 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 longer snout, the the ears. Um, but you can almost see if you were to cut that away, it looked like a human ear almost. Yeah, not yep. really overly pronounced ears. So yep. they are looked like almost like shrinking. <laughs> and and like I said, the, and they're venomous. Yes. Yep. You know, I'm like you know, all those things that everybody goes, 
Well, we can rule that out. It can't be this. Well, you know, go back. Because we're yeah. always want to stay on this path. Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta turn around and, and spread that out a little bit because yeah. that genetic code is there. And I'm not saying we're one of these, but the ability is there. You know, where you look at what a Tibetan monk can do or a yogi with controlled breathing and everything, you know, the whole, you know, I didn't see it. It's not close enough. And I I had a tape measure around here. I mean, you and I talk about it, Steve, all the time is, well, it it didn't, it wasn't here. Well, where's the last place you saw it? Look at the, look at the toes on the bottom. Yep. Look at those, those nail beds. I mean, they're, they're there. I mean, look at that hand. And look at the lack of ears on this one. Yep. Mm -hmm. But there's that pronounced snout. Yep. Not super, but just a little bit. And look at the coloration variation we've seen. We've got a red. We've got the gray. We've got the white. You know, it's it's there a little bit. Man, I don't know if they throw anything or not, but uh, aren't they cute? And they kill you really quick, too. Um, or not kill you, just give you a really bad day. But we don't, sometimes there's things we just don't look at is some of those things, you know, the, the, you know, you look at the gibbons, how many different color variations that they have from the, the grays to the blacks and stuff like that. So it's, it's stuff that we've got. I mean, how many different phases and stuff that we do. And again, when you look at this hair thing, it's crazy what you're going to see in the, in the scales and the human hair compared to other animals. And, uh, when we talk about fur and hair, the only difference is what we're calling it in the length, uh, because it's all made of the same stuff. It's just how it morphs out. So looking at that stuff, man, he looks just sad. But look at those how big those toes are. Wow. Now here is the um find the eye shine. Hmm? Did you find the eye shine one? No, here's a tarsier, which is another yep. primate. And look at that. Again, another primate with a tapetum. Yep. Um, and again, in this case, lack of a complete, you know, pronounced snout. Yeah. You know, the ears are a little more pronounced. Look at the gangly. Um, and again, nail beds. Yeah. Yep. Precious. All I can hear is just seeing that thing go, where's my precious? <laughs> precious. <laughs> it does. It, but, it does. But, yeah. But look, I mean, nice look at the, the, the lip structure and everything else. But again, here's something if we could get a hold of a hair sample from something like this to take a look at, you know, what's there. Um I think you'd there? have a fight in your hands. <laughs> oh yeah. I I would but again yeah. those everything's got a little you know the pygmy marmoset there's there's another thing with a very large uh set of eyes um well, very don't have any of those in kentucky hey what what is up uh you came up with a great comment hello and welcome what is up yep. said sunlight will change hair color too agreed yeah and and again the ref, the refraction and stuff we like that and we all see color here. different you know and you know the uh the other point that's been made as we've gone along is um folks that have had certain character surgeries and stuff like that see in a spectrum, you know, or catch, you know, phases of UV. Uh, and again, it, it's finding those folks that have a background in, in these things and do, is it there? Or, and again, is it the filter of the camera and we're not seeing it? 
we've got access to some equipment that's a little uh, above and beyond the, the cell phone cameras and the and the UV lights. But if we can start it at a grassroots uh, and at least start identifying stuff, um, there's a lot of things. Uh, my other lights out in the car, but um, wrong box. <coughs> these toolboxes back here. Alan's you know, I picked up this this eye light, which does 360 different. Uh, variations of light color. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, full spectrum cameras. We're we've been playing. Uh, luckily, where I am at, we the, the photo city. We've got a lot of uh, stuff that's there. That, that's almost C, yeah, CGI'd almost. Um, <laughs> Looks like Chris's bookie. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I like where Alan's going there. It's a guard yeah. topper says different hair oils might reflect different light frequencies. And good, that's, good point. Here's where some really of those good, technologies, yeah. like a full spectrum yeah. camera, which yeah. is used in the paranormal side. You know, yeah. yeah. And, and that's it, the things that are out there. I mean, you know, and we look at the oils things, and that's, that's a whole other spin that, that Doug's doing on his, uh, his, uh, the Sebum, uh, project. And, uh, you know where that oil sits. Um, what? Oh, that's your. Sounds like a ski. Yeah. <laughs> We're not sponsored by ski, but I drink it by the case, so they should but, sponsor us. <laughs> you know, again, like I said, when we go in and we look at some of the uh, the different looks of, I mean, we know that you know the caribougars are seen in UV. We see the flying squirrels show up in UV. You know. Yeah. Is it something we're seeing at night? And is it something they're eating? You know, is it like a flamingo that it's it's getting, uh, uh, you know, the colors from what it's eating? In other words, hey, Amy. Um, but each, like I said, each day that we go out there and we, we look at things, it, it's just how can we look at things different? And uh, I'm lucky that we have a partner that's got a brain that uh, runs about I don't know. I'm running on that old. Uh, what am I thinking? Um, single calculator, and he's got a full supercomputer in his brain going sometimes. So I don't know. I wouldn't set yourself short there, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> My mom currently has a flying squirrel in her fireplace. <laughs> Amy, could you pull a few hairs? Yeah. <laughs> if it's not burned to a crisp by now. <laughs> They might be all singed off. Hey, you know what? Get bring that, bring that flying squirrel down to Chef Pierre, and he will cook him up for the Roadkill yep. Cafe. <laughs> it, it, Alan, you're, you're running the uh, the full spectrum cameras. You guys really want to mess around with stuff? Look at a biofield imaging camera. Hey, you and know what? That, that can be the the frying flying squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might be pretty good. I don't know. Tastes like chicken. I don't know if that yeah, I'll like eat a squirrel in a minute. I'll never eat a flying one though. You know, I don't know. Have you ever eaten a squirrel, Chris? Uh many, probably dozens. Yes, I have. Really? Yes. I, I know that's a, a southern thing. It is. And yeah. they're it's, really good. It's a northern thing. Come over here. They shoots all the time and stuff like that. But yeah. What what do they taste like? Uh squirrel. Of course, everything tastes like chicken, but it's like you're eating a chicken leg. A chicken, like like dark meat on a chicken. Yeah, 
you can have them uh, fried, which is my favorite. And uh, my my mother and my grandmother used to fry them whole, not not chop them up, just the whole thing. I mean, of course, it's clean and dressed, but fry the whole thing. And so you would pick one up off the plate, you know, front <laughs> haunch here, back haunch here, and take a bite. Uh, I guess they, that's where the term crispy critter came from. They also stew them. Uh, you can put them in a stew, and but now that's a lot of extra trouble because you gotta you gotta like take a pick them up and rake the meat off the bones and take the bones out of the stew. But people love <laughs> stewed squirrel. Hey, better uh, late than never, Prairie Fire. Uh, At least you can catch the replay. But now I haven't he, eaten. He's any... got squirrel cookers. <laughs> what? I have, haven't eaten any squirrel in a long time. I'm on. Uh, have to be on the chicken and turkey diet now, so no, no squirrels. <laughs> we know who's prepped for the end of the world, and the groceries aren't there. Jeez. <laughs> um, totally just rabbits. Treat. Rabbit. Yeah. Love rabbits. The wife was shocked. She said, "Tell me something. Do you eat rabbits?" Said, well, yeah. I mean, not lately, but yeah, I've eaten them. They're good. And uh, because in Thailand, they keep rabbits like for pets, you know, like we would have a house cat. They have a house rabbit, you know. So uh, she said, oh, no, rabbits are pets. You should never eat a rabbit. I said, well, OK, I won't eat any more, but uh, they are good. And oh. uh, it tastes like uh, the, ba the back legs on the rabbit is white meat, just as good as any chicken breasts you ever had in your life. Really good. And, you know, woodchucks in the squirrel family, too, right? Well, I, I've never ate one of those because it would probably take three dozen. <laughs> Not chipmunk, woodchuck. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Never um, eaten one of those either. I feel so sophisticated all of a sudden. I'm, I'm sorry, Steve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess eating a squirrel is, is what you have to do when you're, you know. Well, I, I hope I didn't cross some sort of line of honesty here. That uh... no, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. In fact, when I was in um, Louisiana way back when, uh, I, I remember it was uh, just prior to the big, you know, they used to have this big festival where they used to go on the squirrel hunt and then they would bring yeah. it back to the camp and there yeah. was, you know, a couple hundred people there and they would cook the squirrel up and see who had the best recipe. Huh. And then in talking to them, uh, the, the people there, they're like, oh, you ever have a raccoon? Oh, you gotta you gotta cook them right because if you don't, you gotta wrap them and you gotta you gotta put a lot of garlic and butter in them and you gotta wrap them in foil. And come on. I don't know about that. I, I've never eat a raccoon, never eat a possum. Uh, I did oily. eat a groundhog once. That, that's woodchuck, groundhog, same thing. It tastes like pork, you know. <laughs> it really yeah. does. It tastes like pork. I've eaten alligator. Nah, I mean them like that. No ah, snakes. you seen that now? All of a sudden, it goes like, no, 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 no. You know, alligator, no snake. I've had some Cajun like cook gator. So, yeah. And look who also dipped in was Joe. Hello, there Joe. He is. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> See, uh, good job, Amy. I wouldn't either. Um, squirrel cookers, squirrels. <laughs> Uh, Amy, I, I don't oh. eat them anymore. You know, Prairie Prairie Fire said iguana as well. Oh no, 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 no reptiles. No, no, no. You need uh, a reptile? Have reptiles. you ever had frog's legs? No, well, I I had tasted. Well, that's an amphibian. Before, 
Yeah, it's but close. I, it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a a reptile that you know has a special feature. Years ago, you know, I, I'm sitting at somebody's house and they said, "Try a frog." No, nah, I don't want a frog. Come on, try one. All right, all right I'll try one. Uh, did you like it? Not really. <laughs> so let me let me let me let me just say this: alligator to me, and I had a Cajun blackened alligator. It mm. tasted to me like pork, very much like pork. Mm. Very white meat, but it's like pork. Yeah. Yeah. I think everything tastes no, like either buddy chicken Steve or says pork. That, that snake isn't too bad either. Oh, snake's pretty good. You just mm. eat what's there, you know? Kangaroo's not bad. Ostrich isn't bad. You just... Dog's well, not bad. Cat's not bad. You just... Cat, dog, and cat. If you don't know what you're eating until after you eat it, you just do what you got to do. Now, uh, shh. I did have a bite of rattlesnake at the, the rattlesnake roundup at Alamogordo years ago. But the way they did it, they deep fried it, then dipped it in butter. And it was just a little ring. And that one little bite that all I tasted was butter. And so, you know, I don't know what it tastes like. To be honest. <laughs> it tastes like butter. You know? oh, oh, let's not forget turtle stew. Turtle. I, I've heard of people eating uh, snapping turtles. Yes. And they love them. But um, not for me. But uh, you know, being from Kentucky, I mean, you know, I'm not like from the hills or anything, but I've eaten my share of squirrels and you know, I oh, don't by, think there's by, anything wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Amy says stay away from my house cat. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what I was eating till halfway through the dinner. Cat pie, cat stew, and the ever so popular cat tattoo. Uh, That's the thing. Mike, were you in, previously in the military at one point? I worked for a contractor, but no, I was in a martial arts convention in another yeah. country. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. When you start doing some world traveling, sometimes you don't get a choice. It just Prairie shows up oysters. on the table and you start eating. And yeah, like, wow, no, this is good. Was... What is this? You know, oh, you're eating a cat. What? <laughs> yeah, no, it was a big, it was a big family style dinner. And you were, I definitely in that room was not going to say no to anything that was put in front of me. Right. <laughs> I do eat. But you know we're we're talking about all this stuff, and again, to go back to the air thing is is what minerals, what stuff is going into that system, you know. Right. Um, hey, and by the know, way, I got to look at the blueberries and see if the blueberries do anything because you guys are always chasing blueberry patches places. So, yeah. uh, and, and you know what? Uh, while we got Amy here, I I hope you know she's doing better. Uh, yep. So because we want to see her butt out there squatching next year. So yep. So. Oh yeah, black bear I've heard is pretty good. Yeah, and see, I just hear that's oily, so I don't know. Wild boar is not bad. Yes, I've had, getting, I've had plenty of wild boar. Yeah, you're getting close, you know. And venison, venison's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, we're getting close to the end here, so uh, let's wrap up. We've we've already kind of had a wrap up and kind of get off on a tangent. But Mr. Bennett, do your thing, sir. Well, and I just want to apologize for. Uh, Mentioning that I've had certain uh, wildlife uh, in my it's past life. It's all good, life, Chris. It's all good. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank Mike for coming on tonight. I really appreciate having you. Always a pleasure. Uh, well, I appreciate thank, you. Thank everybody over in uh, the chat area and all our listeners for, for you know bearing with us. We appreciate it. It's always uh, great to have you guys here, and you always have so many great questions. Thank you. We wouldn't have a show without you. Uh, if it's the first time watching on YouTube, Consider giving us a like and subscribe. 
you know, we appreciate it. Uh, helps the algorithm. People find us better. And uh, I'll turn it back over to Steve. And of course, I want to thank Mike for, for coming on tonight. And it's always fun when Mike and I get together, uh, either in person or especially in person. <laughs> so uh, I hope we can get out at least one or twice more before the end of this, uh, before, you know, the winter crap starts and makes things really miserable, unless you're doing it by vehicle. Um, and of course, you know, my areas are pretty much shut down when winter hits. They close all the roads and you can't go anywhere. Yeah. So that's the unfortunate thing. We we uh, might have to make a road trip, Steve, because I had somebody in Vermont reach back out soon. So, oh yes, 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 yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. We got yeah. yes, yes. And you know what? That kind of fell off my radar with everything that's been going on with me. I got to get that yeah. back on the radar. So I do have her number. I'll probably give her a call hopefully tomorrow. Yes. Uh, which tomorrow I'm getting my shot number three tomorrow. So I get my booster tomorrow. So, <laughs> okay, folks. Uh, again, thanks, Mike. And, Thank you, uh, gentlemen. We want to wish everybody a great week, and thanks for being here tonight. We love you guys. You are the greatest audience in the world, and I mean that truly. We love all of you. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, like Chris says, give us a first time here. Give us a subscribe. Hit that notification bell. You know, give us a, a like. We can use them. And remember, sharing is caring. Don't be afraid to get on your Facebook and share the podcast as well. We all appreciate everything you guys do for us. So on behalf of me and everybody else here, we want to wish everybody a happy, safe, and healthy week. Of course, God bless and keep on squatching. We'll catch you all here next week, Sunday night, 9 p.m. for our Halloween special, In the Woods. We'll catch you all next week. Ciao for now. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.